Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. Just a massive thank you to whoever you are listening to this. Before we start, just to remind you that we do this podcast two, three times a week. But we don't always know which day it's going to be on, so there's only one way to know, and that is to subscribe and get notifications. Why not drop us a review while you're there? Right, enough about that. Let's talk some rugby. I'm Ben James. I'm joined by Andy Howell, a very special guest, our former colleague, Alex Bywater, who's popped in today to do uh, our Facebook Live. How you doing, Alex? Very well, thank you. And yourself, Andy? You good? Yes, I'm uh, Yes, I'm good, Ben. It's good <laughs> to see my old mucker, uh, Alex, back in the fold. Now works at Westgate Sports Agency, does loads of work for the uh, Nationals, some quality papers and some not-so-quality. <laughs> but uh, he's here, you know, and he's got some firm opinions, which I think he wants to express on a podcast with you and I today, Ben. Well, that's what I like to hear. Um, tell you what, let's start, though, talking about your job and uh, match days. Job security's fine. We're not we're yeah. not getting you fired just yet. Because um, in terms of working journalists on match days, you're probably one of the most busy, aren't you? Well, um, there's plenty of others that are quite busy, but I think, I guess I'm probably, in terms of regular Wales games, maybe one of the few that does multiple outlets on a, on a, on a game day. So that can be... Could be ratings, match report, quotes, uh, opinion, analysis, colour, um, and it can be for the broad shades. It can be for the tabloids and stuff. So uh, yeah, it keeps me busy. Alex, we asked the, uh, uh, the the match where you've had to do the most reports from. Not necessarily a Wales game because I guess club rugby or regional rugby may have to actually do more reports, uh, not the length, but there's number wise more from those games. What's the most you've ever done? We had to do like ten. I think the most I've probably done is about. Just under ten, yeah, eight or nine, maybe. And the, probably the probably the busiest ones we have is when the Irish provinces play uh, one of the regions here, because we do a lot of work for all the Irish papers as well. So the Irish, you know, newspaper industry is pretty strong, to be fair, at the moment, which is great news. And um, they invest by getting us to do it. You know, I guess they could easily do it. Why do you think the Irish newspapers and the Irish public put such great store in the Pro 14 when it's difficult to get a Pro 14 to win over people in Wales? Winning. Success over there. You know, Leinster, Munster, Ulster, Connacht. They've all had their success, haven't they? And I think it, it's, 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 it's more complex than that, isn't it? it but could, I think that's a big factor. Do you think as well it's because it's a rugby in Ireland's really a relatively new thing, if you like, apart from Ireland matches and before, before the... Um, before the European Cup and that uh, started, you know the Irish provinces basically used to just play each other into provincial tournaments, and the club setup in Ireland was really amateur. But do you think now it's given? It's, it, they've attracted a lot of new followers to the sport. To a degree, but I think the, the dawn of professionalism in Welsh region rugby—you'd hope that would have attracted new followers yeah, but, in Wales but my point is I guess we already had loads of followers for the club because the club scene was so strong yeah. in Wales and previously we'd had like an Anglo-Welsh to, you know Anglo-Welsh matches things like that the clubs are big in Wales but of course they've been overtaken by the Irish now because of the uh, uh, you know people have, uh, have warmed to rugby in Ireland oh, it's a difficult one isn't it I mean you know I can remember going to Leinster for um I think it was a quarter final in it could have been that Celtic League uh, the first season of it when uh, and uh, Newport played over there and the crowd was like about two thousand yeah. at the old Donnybrook. But it just shows how they've grown now to be one of the best supported teams in Europe. I'm not sure what you want me to say to that. Well, I'm just trying to get you know. <laughs> you don't have to say anything you don't want to say. 
Well, from our perspective, it's great that they invest so heavily in the, yeah. in the papers and so, the support the teams and yeah. all that. So what do you think of the Pro 14? As a product, I think it's average on the whole. I think the crowds aren't great. The standard of rugby is okay. If you compare it to the Gallagher Premiership, it's chalk and cheese, in my opinion. You know, with the job that I do, obviously I'm based in Cardiff, but we do a lot of the Gallagher Premiership. Mm. If you look at the if you look at the makeup of the t- the teams in the division now, in the patch that we cover at Westgate, we've got Bristol, Bath, Gloucester, Exeter, Worcester. That's five, so that's pretty much half the division already. I'm probably missing one off the top of my head. Anyway, the point being. I see quite a lot of the Premiership and it just feels like you're going to an occasion mm. as a journalist. Mm. Sometimes, unfortunately, in the yeah, Pro 14, it, it doesn't, you know, you don't get that feeling, do you? Yeah, I agree with you. If I get go over to watch a, uh, to a game over there to cover it or to uh, watch it, the, the spectators want to be at that match and yeah. it's got a really good vibe. This is going to be a great day or a great night out. So I don't think we get a Pro 14 in Wales for most of the uh, uh, matches and I think the uh, relegation thing brings a bit of jeopardy and you know somewhere like uh, Exeter for example you know if you lived in Devon what a great day out going to uh, watch Exeter because they got everything going on the off the pitch as well the facilities there the bars etc etc you know so I'm doing uh, on Sunday I'm doing Bath Bristol that's a big game eh? it's a big game but regardless of Mm. where they were in the division or whatever I just know going over there that it'll be a good event to cover Mm. there's going to be a full full house in the down Six Nations weekend, regardless, you know, the premiership are getting these full sort of crowds, even when they're playing on Six Nations weekends. Mm. Um, no, I'm going to Dragons versus Cheetahs, which would be slightly different because I don't think there'll be many away fans there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's going to be very many from South Africa, no. So, you know, it's going to be a low-key occasion compared to that game you're going to. Yeah. But I think, I think that's why Wales have done so well, haven't they, in the last... I guess with, towards the end of the Warren Gatling, you say 18 months, two years. But before that, if you talk to people from England and Ireland, I think their general uh, premise is how how are Wales doing so well at international level when you look at them, you look at their players. They've obviously got great players, but are they more than the sum of their parts when they come into Wales? Regionally, how much have their players actually achieved? Mm, not a lot not, really. not, not a great deal so because no. I don't know Warren Gatlin and his coaching team I'd say so mm. I'd say so and and that's part of the challenge now you know we talked in, we talked on the game mm. line about the Wayne Pivak era and starting with a few defeats do they need time or should you know mm. it's the same players so is there are there no excuses difficult one isn't it does Pivak have the man management that Gatlin had time will tell I think mm. Mm. if Gatlin was in charge of a Welsh region how well would they do <laughs> his favourite question is you've asked that one before have you yeah 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 is he that good how good is he to get him going good I don't think I don't think he I don't think he'd be able to say if he was with the Scarlets he might be able to top all Leinster with anyone else I don't think you know, as, you know as well as I do that, but you know, budgets come into it. You can have mm. the best coach in the world, mm. but if you haven't got the best pl- players, or I, I, I can remember when Gatlin actually did the forwards coaching at the Ospreys before they played Gloucester in Heineken Cup match, and he absolutely hammered Gloucester, took them apart up front, and he was that week he did done some of the forwards coaching at the uh, Ospreys. I know they had top 
quality players yeah. as well back end, but it just shows what he, you know, what he could do. I think, it, like you know, with our with the job I do, we go around and speak to lots of journalists from different countries. Um, you know, been to lots of different countries covering Wales with this job, and that is especially in the European countries, France, Ireland. Probably those two are the predominant ones. Not so much Italy. They they always say how 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 has Gatland got Wales mm. playing like this, having the success they've got when you look at what they've their players have achieved domestically. So then, obviously, Gatland is a tough act to follow. What have you made of Pivak so far, following him as closely as you do in terms of the the, the journalistic pack? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, I thought he started well with with the squad that he named for the Six Nations. You know. I think it's it's a canny move to sort of get into the Welsh Exiles program like he's like he's doing. We all know that Wales haven't got the ta- haven't got the depth of talent that other countries have, like England and Ireland do. So I think it's canny it's a canny move to look to to bring players in that would be eligible. Um, so Nick Tompkins, Will Rowlands, I'm sure there's going to be a couple of others in time. The Italy result was was very good to start with. I thought they played some decent rugby. Italy was shocking, but that's by the by and then since then obviously we've had two disappointing defeats for Wales but I think there needs to be a a degree of perspective and a degree of um, patience with the team even though a lot of the same players are there you know it is the same team isn't it really apart from the World Cup apart from John Davis yeah yeah of course he is a big mess but yeah. uh, that's what uh, concerns me slightly is that uh, you know they've struggled to uh, put results together then since the uh, World Cup if you look at it with Gat- you know it's going back to Gatland so Wales then have lost uh, forget a Barbados match because that was a non-Cap match but uh, so Wales have lost now uh, for their last five games is that right because they lost their final two at the World Cup lost two yeah yeah, do you think? Do you think? I think there was a question, wasn't there, on the game line about Ken Owens, which I yeah. thought was, you know, I think it's a bit unfair to single. I'm not singling him out, but anyways. But do you think some of the the key guys are maybe a little bit tired yeah. after the World Cup? Like I yeah. know they had, a, I know they've uh, yeah. had a very long, I know they had a long break, a long build up in the World Cup as well, and mentally, <laughs> isn't it? A lot of I think mentally, th- they could be mentally jaded. I think I think that's playing a factor. Mm. If I'm honest, like if you think about the World Cup. They started in June. Yeah, they went after a you know the previous mm. season. They had a break, so then June. They went all the way through to November, the start of November, wasn't it, with the the bronze medal match against mm. New Zealand. Yeah. And of course, they were in a tough group at that World Cup. They had to work so hard to get. They had results. to work so hard to to get there. They did have a long break, and that was only right and proper. But I think you're right. How much you can have as your muscles can be as relaxed and as ready to go but mentally is your mind, willing? To, is your mind willing to go I don't think any of them would say oh you know I'm struggling or whatever mm. but I, think, I mean I you could look, look at that you can look at Alan Wynn I mean because he was injured after the World Cup so he didn't play for ages he only come back just before Six Nations yeah. and historically he's been a player who's needed play, he's played a lot for the Ospreys and you could argue he plays his best rugby when he's in a rhythm from playing matches you know is he is he Slightly off cue a bit. Is he in that rhythm? Yeah, or not? I think he's also playing a different role under Pivak, mm. which maybe is well, taking a bit. Again, mm. used to be seeing him. He's, he's playing really wide, isn't he? Mm. We saw that. He nearly yeah. got caught out by Teddy Tomar on the mm. weekend, but he is literally hugging the touchline. Yeah. 
I'm more interested though. Why? Why, for example, aren't Wales use are really using their, their locks at the lineout? I mean, yeah. they threw virtually all the last match to um, Moriarty. Moriarty. The one game they threw all of it to Wainwright. Yeah. Um, I mean, ball is hefty. Hmm. Yeah, Alan Wynn's a good lineup the, forward, mate. Yeah, but the thinking with Alan Wynn Jones, I think, has always been that he's just a little bit slow to get off the ground. Which is why last year's it last year's Six Nations is why Justin Tipperick is always safe ball because it takes mm. one lifter. Yeah, but now they're trying to move away from Tipperick, which is why they're looking elsewhere in the back row. Yeah, do you think it's do you think it's related to the speed of ball they're trying to create? Yeah, set piece to, obviously linked yeah. to the style of play. Yeah, obviously throw into the back more because yeah. uh, you know there's a CV that you can run a ball better off the back. That's been noticeable, hasn't it? About Wainwright when mm. he started the first two games. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then Moriarty Ma- coming Ma- in against Moriarty's. Yeah. Moriarty's no lightweight to pick up, mine. Yeah. You know, no. you know, but you wouldn't say. I thought Moriarty was one of Wales's better players. I thought France. he had a cracking game. I thought he was yeah. good, but you wouldn't say that Lineout is probably one of. It's, if you if you said what are Moriarty's yeah. strengths, you probably you, wouldn't yeah. say Lineout. You would, would you? say Irish England Lineout, wouldn't you? Yeah, but you wouldn't with Ross Moriarty. You would say yeah, smashing people, running, smashing, with the ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> killing people. Mm. Mm. But again, is that just trying to develop other options because? Under McBride and Gatland, it became, you know, if the line is not functioning, we just go to Tipperick every time. Yeah, well, Tipperick was a one man team at Tice, wasn't Which, it? He'd move up and down the line out, he'd be winning at the front, he'd be winning in the middle, he'd be winning it up wherever he was, he'd be winning it. I don't think Tip, has Tipperick taken a line out in the Six Nations. I don't think it's thrown to him much. Well, if, he if any. He's, he's either been in midfield yeah. as a ball carry, which he was for one of the tries against Italy and also the try for, against Ireland, or he's been a scrum half so he can sort of choose his moment to sort of enter the mall which he did for the try he scored against Ireland so they're trying to develop him as a sort of different line out as a weapon rather than just a safe ball I guess that means having to develop other areas of the line out and that'll take time wouldn't it I think like with the attack that's going to take time the set piece isn't it is no different do you think if they say the attack you know hypothetically now if the attack clicks at Twickenham what sort of chance will Wales have in our match if it clicks and things come off and passes stick pretty good one hmm. but I still think you can click all you want behind the scrum but if you get smashed up front it's what it is you going. see up front particular areas where do you see England getting joy out of Wales up front what particular areas lock where lock lock Alan Wynn yeah, but like Itoje, Courtney Laws, George Cruz, Launch. Look at their strength in depth in that area. I thought you said Alan Wynn was struggling. I never said he was struggling. He's cursed about his uh, rhythm and uh, maybe he's mentally a bit jaded. I'm not blue. I think he's, he's still a top player. He's, oh, of course you know, he is. Of course he is. You know, is he, you know, he's still in with his chance again on our next line stuff, for sure. No. I th- he, I think, what I'm saying is, my point here with locks, he's as good as those England locks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I just think. As a, as a cumulative yeah. power. Yeah, I know what you mean. England have more far more power and strength mm-hmm. and depth, and mm-hmm. I think that would be the that would be the concern for, my, for Wales. My biggest concern would be the, for initially the scrum, and the possibility of Wales committing not enough bodies to to the breakdown, which they haven't in is, their last two games, and getting count, and giving the opposition a chance to counter ruck them. Is, is the scrum really as bad as? It's not great, is it? Let's face facts. It's not. It's not that bad. I mean, it it's went. Not, it's not good either, is it? It went all right. The last two games. The only problem is, is that, is that they've constantly looked to it as a source of penalties, which eventually, then you know, 
your luck runs out and you keep going back to the well which you know it's, it's a lottery isn't it you, you keep going back to the well eventually you know it's it's going to run dry I don't think it's been an absolute disaster yeah but I the key, th- the key thing though is that the two big scrums in the two defeats Ireland and France the two most important ones yeah. have gone yeah. Be- because not all teams target the scrum to the opponents they, very often they just let you get the ball but uh, they target certain scrums. So the All Blacks, they don't know, they are masters of targeting certain scrums. They got a really top scrum themselves, and they target certain. Certain they don't go for it every scrum. The issue for me was that Wales were trying to buy penalties there. It, Wales, I don't. They they never. There was never their intent. Those three repeat scrums. It was never their intent. Right, we're going to go wide here and, and take advantage of of the attack. It's keep the ball in the back and let's see if we can milk a penalty. And if you keep doing that. Especially when there's a new tight head on uh, a yellow card, the referee's going to want to find it out. Mm. And you give them you give them one slight chance, which they did. You know, Bamba goes across, Evans follows him, scrum splits in half because mm. Will Rollins mm. has just completely lost his bind to Alan Jones, and that's it. It seems it seems slightly uh, odd to me that they would want to use the scrum to buy penalties when, yeah. in theory, they're trying to play a more attacking brand of rugby, and the scrum's the biggest set piece opportunity to do so. Yeah. I, Given that you've got eight, well, statement yeah. the obvious, you've got eight men bound up in a scrum. Yeah, and and to me, those significant scrums are actually the ones on the stroke of half time when they were down a man. Scrum was perfectly placed near the uh, uh, yeah. sticks. Fico came into the scrum, the, the France left winger, and Wales should have walked over the two man overlap the right. And no one was, saw that it was, and called it. That, that was, was much worse. Moment. That was the key moment for the France game for mm. me. Yeah. People talked about the late scrum and various bits of balls. They had to have got points before. Uh, at half time and if you remember there was the attack sort of down the left and if Gareth Davis had gone left I think it was a walk in mm. I'm not sure I think you it might have Josh Adams right. but he went right yeah I couldn't tell because it felt like there was a load of France defenders coming back I mean they were offside so Gareth Davis could go left and by a penalty but yeah. he just felt like they were coming back and probably blocking that path a little bit if you looked from like the yeah, overhead view maybe, but maybe. Mm. it just seemed a no brainer to me to go he was just a bit blinkered I thought yeah I agree. I know you think he were then at those scrums because really yeah. he's a scrum half him and bigger. Should have, particularly the scrum half should have called that move. It's a simple move. Don't have to involve the number 10. It's just number 8 pick up, go right 9 and either either put 15 over or put the right wing over. One man who hasn't been mentioned though who's, you know, everyone said oh, we missed John Davis. Thomas Francis. Oh yeah. If he'd been around, I don't think, you yeah. know, I think he, I think Dylan Lewis has done pretty well mm. on the yeah. whole. I think, yeah. I, think, he's, he's, yeah. I think Dylan's got a bad rap in many ways. Yeah, but if you look at the England front row resources, yeah. Genge, Joe Marler, um, Sinkler, uh, <laughs> who's their backup tight end? Or the uh, tight end they got? Stuart, Stuart, isn't it? Yeah, you know, the, you know, who would you prefer to have in your team? Those guys are Dylan Lewis and um, Win, Win Jones. Come on, let's, let's face it. Win Jones had a good World Cup. He did have a good yeah. World Cup. Some place, my private World Cups, Hugh Bennett fried, 2011 World Cup, Scott Baldwin, 2015 World Cup. Uh, don't mean it can always keep it I up. I think Dylan Lewis has done all right, to be fair. I, I must would, he admit, get I'm any, a... would he get in the England team? No. Right, there we are then. <laughs> no, but that's, that's fairly irrelevant because we're talking about the Wales team. I must admit, I was if I, if all the tight ends are fit, I pick Thomas Francis every day of the week. Mm-hmm. But I was yeah. quite, I'm been a little bit surprised about Will Griff John. Yeah, well, you've seen a lot more of him probably, and that's because you report not on those lo- games. Not loads, England. but I've seen him. Is yeah. he, in your opinion, is he fit enough for international rugby? How does he get around the park and that? 
probably not as good as someone like Dylan Lewis, and maybe that's that's where... Dylan Strength, mate. Is Dylan Strength is going around the park? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe that's the style Pivot wants to play. He wants some slightly more mobile prop. But I think maybe if 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 some butts and he hasn't played a minute of Test rugby, he might find it very difficult. Mm-hmm. But my hunch is if he'd been if he'd playing, they might have been a bit better off at scrum time. I mean, South Africa won the World Cup because of the scrum. So you've got to have a solid scrum. We talk about we can talk. Yeah, but I, talk. I think they. This goes back to what I was saying. They they won the World Cup from a scrum, but they weren't looking to buy penalties. They had a dominant scrum, but largely they used the scrum for to generate kicking angles for ten to to to, to, to mm. buy territory, mm. and then if you get penalties, they're probably being dominant. Then that's a bonus. Mm. I think maybe Wales at the minute have looked at what South Africa did and, and and a lot of teams are doing this because not many teams are attacking off scrums and, and they're taking the wrong sort of mess from it which is if you if you just keep hammering away at scrums you, you're going to buy penalties. Which... Well, I, I agree with Alex which is we sorry we disagree with you Ben because I don't I think the pivot mantra about moving a ball and all I don't see why Wales would want to buy scrum penalties. It didn't. The build-up didn't help, did it? To France with the whole, yeah, with the whole, uh, you know, cheat gate, cheat gate. I just think whatever, whatever you think about whether that whether France cheat or what, or whether it was the right move for them to say it or not. This is it's a f- absolute fact that it brought a focus on on the scrum. S- onto the scrum and the angles of the scrum, and the whole reason did for that- the scrum, Andy, though, isn't it? Is because it's there's been a stoppage in play to restart yeah. play. Did that did that come no, across as deliberate though? Because to me that it must be deliberate. Because at the end of the day, if you look at France and Wales's scrums going into this match, they were the worst two scrums in the tournament. They both conceded six penalties or free kicks, so they're they're both evenly poor in terms of numbers. So it just felt to me like Wales going very much on the offensive and saying, well. Ours is cleaner than yours. I think it wasn't just about France from yeah. their perspective. You know, it was pre, it was a planned sort of strike on it. Strike. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I remember someone. Pre- I think someone said it. Like it almost felt like Humphreys was just waiting to get it off his chest, almost. Which, well, yeah, because, yeah, because they wanted to get it out there. Yeah. But I don't think it, it wasn't as simple as they want to go after France. They had had they they had felt. I'm not saying this is right or wrong. This is just their opinion that in the Italy game, even though they hammered them and it was brushed over. Yeah, by the scoreline, that there were issues from the opposition of not scrummaging straight. They believe the same thing happened at key points in Ireland that with tight, that crucial tight furlong, yeah. with that crucial scrum penalty. And Humphreys pointed the the finger at Furlong, didn't he? And I thought when he did that, I was like, "All right, well, it's kind of looking back, but you know they're making a point." But then they went after France as well. Um, whether you think that was the right move or not, obviously in hindsight, probably wasn't. But regardless of that. The point being is that it brought an inevitable focus onto the scrum, the angles of the the drive and stuff. It's I mean, not the sexiest thing in no, rugby, though, is no. it? No, and of course, he pointed out about the scrum and saying, well, not, you know, teams are not pushing straight and square. Well, that is never going to happen because the scrum, since it's invented, has always been a, a zone to bend the rules and yeah. try and bend the, the opposition. And you can argue, yeah, so-and-so went in, but did that person go in because they were driving in or because you couldn't hold them straight yourself? So it's very difficult to scrum in it too. It's such a... I've watched, I've watched, I think, like, with the... Where the tie, you can't see on the replays where the Tyke Furlong goes in on that scrum, but the biggest indication... Yeah, but the penalty was given the other side of the scrum. Yes, it was, but 
and obviously that's because Dylan Lewis gave Kilcoin an absolute out because he's yeah. scrummaged so long that all Kilcoin just has to drop his shoulder and he's not hinging but you know Dylan Lewis doesn't take the weight but the biggest indication that Wales knew that whether it was legal or not was that immediately after that Wynne Jones got replaced Reese yeah. Carey so clearly Wynne Jones wasn't you know he was too tired to, to stop Tyke Furlong from bending the rules which is you know what you got to do yeah and if you can't or, you know, if you're too tired like that, then what do you automatically do? You go in to try and avoid the weight. So, you know, I don't know why. If at Wales, I think they should give, you know, they really be better from a Wales point of view if they just ignored the scrum, not said anything about it, and hope no one noticed. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's in hindsight. But I think when you analyse the France game, people talked about the scrum, didn't they? But, you know, I wrote in one of my pieces that that's a bit of a... It's, it's airbrushing over a couple yeah. of other bigger issues, and I yeah. think the, mm. and the senior players would admit that as well. Mm. Alan Wynne Jones said that you know the failure mm. to take the points before half time, not 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 just take the points, but take something from that yeah. game at you, that time. Do you think the new Wales management then, or Pivot himself, you know, are moaning too much, whinging a bit, too much? I think I think that they if they, I think their point on opposition stuff's not scrummaging straight is a valid one to make. Mm. Jonathan Humphries used to make it all the time when he was Osprey's forwards coach and, and you know, never stopped the opposition yeah, yeah, doing anything yeah, different. Yeah. So it's different. What I'm, saying is, 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 what I'm is, saying is it's almost impossible to get world rugby's authorities on side. And is, that. is Humphrey's belief that if you just keep building the reputation as straight scrummages... Whiter than white. Yeah, in the long run, it makes a difference, is because that, that could, that's the only thing I can sort of see for Humphreys to keep pushing it. Is that he maybe, believes? Maybe, but is that a little? I bit? I can't see that. I can't see it working because I just don't think. It, I'm not saying, it, I, can see, I'm not saying is, I can see it working. No, because but I just scr- think is that why he's. I know scrum is it. so complicated. I think people find it, you know, find it difficult to say that anyone's white than white when no, no one. I've is. watched the Denver Bamba one back a million times. Yeah, and I still can't. He's on the angle, but if you look at Rob Evans, is he on a bit Did of a... Rob like, both, even, even both Frank, Wayne, Wayne Wright and Olive on are like flipping yeah. nearly inside. Yeah. The most telling thing about that for me is that Rob Evans' reaction and how he went away from that scrum after he's being penalised. Like he's not, he's not complaining at all. Only, he's going away to me. Yeah. To me, his body language suggested to me that he'd just been done. He gets. It's only when he gets to the next line out that he complains, which I guess is... If, if you're having to sort of think mm. about the intricacies of what's happened there, going, well, actually, I'd probably ended up a bit. Yeah. You know, yeah. For me, France just got a massive drive on there. Yeah. Whether, I think whether, they whether it started them, off they? illegally, they, they did. They got enough for a shove on to really sort of justify I think, I, don't, I think, you know, to say they scrummage illegally full stop is wrong. Yeah. Is wrong. And I think if, if, if it be, if the foot, if the foot, if the boot had been on the other foot, and say Dylan Lewis or Leon Brown had maybe scrummaged on a little bit of an angle and bought a penalty, you know, there wouldn't be any issue about it. It would be in Wales. Yeah, exactly. Wales might be saying, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, 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 oh, you know, our young players have become a bit more streetwise. So mm. it's give and take. To me, it's a bit, it's an issue, yes, but it's brushing over other issues that Wales have got at the moment. Yeah, perhaps final one on a scrum, man. Do you expect the Welsh scrum to be under pressure to them? think it'll be under pressure at times yeah something that only natural that though you know yeah. i don't i don't think you can expect to go to twickenham and scrum against the england pack and not no 
not being prepared to be under pressure at times. I would say that, but like, just final point on this. I, I think I think Win Jones probably hasn't hit the heights he did at the World Cup, but I think Dylan Lewis has been promising. I'm Sam Warburton, and you're listening to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. Say it's sort of taken the uh, the agenda away from sort of other issues. What would those issues be then? For me, in the France game, well, the the Ireland and the France game has been the missed opportunities or the near misses in attack. Yeah. And specifically with the France game, it was that crucial period before half time when they were down to fourteen. I thought the decision to go for the try first was the right one I don't know what you think but yeah I did at the time Hmm. they went for the try first didn't they bashed away bashed away bashed away wasn't really happening and then they won another penalty it's easy it's easy for me to sit here and say then take the three but that's what I'd have done because then it it just felt watching it it might have felt different to the players on the pitch but it felt to me at the time it was just like it's not happening take three points, move closer. I think that would have taken them to within four. Yeah. I think. I might be wrong on that, but I think it would have taken them to within four. They go into halftime with momentum and they start the second half with the momentum. They're closer on the scoreboard and they've still got a man advantage. They didn't score in that period, did they? No. That um, Aldrich Don't forget, Matt. No, they literally, they scored literally like two minutes after, didn't they? Yeah. France played 20 minutes of that match, reduced to 14 men. You know, we're still couldn't be good. It's not great, is it? I think once they made the decision to go for the try and then they hammered away at the door, I think in the player's mind, you re- reach that point of no return mm. where you even even a penalty looks like an admission of, of, of defeat. The, the bottom, I, I, I think you get to that stage. Yeah, I think Ben's right on this one, Alex. I, did, I think mm. they did reach a stage, they were going for it. Look, they should have scored a try from one of those scums. To me, that was a, a simple setup. For a try, as long as you, as long as your scrum was stable, it was almost impossible not to score if they went right. Um, I mean, the other thing scrum. is obviously is Sean. They know Sean Edwards. They know what mm. Sean Edwards be like, and they're probably thinking they're handing the initiative to Sean Edwards if they admit that we're not going to break you down. We'll take three points. In theory, when Fico was in our scrum, in theory, Wales were playing against thirteen men then. Yeah, in theory, and they still, you know, so they had a two-man advantage in their backs, and they couldn't, and they didn't do anything to take to yeah. to, to, to to make use of that. Which I found, I found absolutely staggering at the time. I know it's easy from a stand and all, but what do you do if you're a player, a back, and a number eight? When you go down, you scan the field and look yeah. what's on. Yeah, and yet Wales lined their backs up on the left. And they still use it, which over their fours. And they was, they, of course, they were suffering from white line fever, the disease which affects British and Irish rugby players. Where they get near the try line, brains yeah. go out the window, and they try and smash it, bludgeon their way over. Instead of looking wider. You know, if that'd be in the All Blacks or Australia, they would have walked, or South Africa, hands. they would have walked in. Yeah. France would have walked in as well at the corner. Why is in that, that situation. Why is that? It's always it's, been the sort of way up here, hasn't it? Yeah. We got this thing. We get near the line, and boys, I don't. I, I don't know, is it, a, time, is it almost a culture time. thing? Trying to drive over, force your way over. Is it being scared of losing the ball? Ball's not recycled so quickly as they no. recycle down there in the south. I think it's because you, you 
you shorten the length of the pitch. Mm. It just allows the defence to be yeah, I know, I know that. uber aggressive and teams are then afraid to, to, to play backwards to sort of get around it, I think. Because because there is little yeah. space behind but, you. You but, can't use the space behind yeah. as, a, as a way to keep but, the defence honest. But, you know, British and Irish teams, they'll pick up and they'll pop the ball off to a, like a first receiver will invariably take a ball standing still and there's only a, a few defenders really or a core hardcore opposition defenders is spaces out wide and what will they do from a stand start they'll just drive into those yeah. you're really going to get did, the train line that's it yeah. people, people like Parks in Islet Parks cut what? a great line in Ireland, but he's a back I'm talking about the forwards yeah, but, but he cut a great line when he didn't get the ball down in Ireland that's how to hit a ball isn't it at pace and yeah, look did, at the gap but, and hit the ball in the cap with a good pass as well but I was going to say that seems to be Wales's go-to when mm. they're close to the line mm. or they have a scrum or they seem to have the advantage. They just put Parks on this line. That's what he's brilliant he at. He is good at that. But shouldn't okay. they be? Should, should they really need that? Especially in the situation with the France game, when you say, like you say, they're basically playing against thirteen. Yeah. Do they have? Should they have to rely on someone chucking it straight at the middle? No. Yeah. In theory, quick hands. If they gone quick right, and Falzo picked up and they'd gone right, either Gareth Davis would have scored himself with a dummy and gone over, or he would have put that either half penny or who's Josh on Josh? Uh, no, right wing was it? Um, Nick was on by then. Yeah. Yeah. Over there to walk round. You know. But there we are. It's funny we've been talking about like evolving the attack, but mm. when we're talking about them failing to score simple numerical overlaps. You know, Stephen Jones would expect them to score a try then, wouldn't he? For sure. You'd think he'd be tearing his hair out yeah, there, wouldn't he? Would yeah. Because he would have been seeing the same pictures as us. Hmm. So maybe, that's, hopefully, maybe we should have asked hopefully, that yesterday. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, you know, they will have worked that out. And if they get such an opportunity against England, they will take it. Rather than because if you run into a Toji, George Cruz, Courtney Laws, Sam O'Neill, Curry, well, they need Singlin, to get, are they you going to get smashed backwards? They need to get the ball away from their sharpest, mm. don't they? Mm. And that's where you want to see Reese Emmett and mm. those sort of guys playing, do you? Mm. Yeah. I know we talked earlier about the age of the Wales, the Wales profile and quite a lot of ageing players and all. Here's one for you. If Reese Webb, he's starting, by the way, this weekend for Bath Has he? at Bristol. No, if, he plays re- if he plays really well, yep. would you think consider starting with him against England? Because he's traditionally had good matches against the English. And because he can see things, like I would argue perhaps if Webb at his best, if he'd been on the pitch, Wales would have scored from our scrum because he would have called it. Scrum out's a difficult one, isn't it? I just, I don't think there's much between them, do you? Each of them got different strengths, haven't they? I think yeah. Thomas Williams is a really good prospect. Yeah, I, I, I think, think his defence needs tightening, but he's a really good prospect. He's a live player and he's good with the ball. Um, you know, Gaz Davis has got his uh, attributes. So, you know, no one, I suppose, past the disappointing thing so far this campaign is no one has grabbed that jersey. I just think with Reese Webb, he hasn't played much rugby, no. has he? Like he came off the bench against Italy mm. and was all right, but by then, the, yeah, and it was, he it was long gone. He just looks mm. slow to the ruck, really slow. The, the I just base think he needs a few games mm. to get up to speed. That's my personal opinion mm. on that. So if he's man of the match on Sunday, then you still wouldn't pick him, and he's uh, you know, and he sharpened up his fitness enough in the last couple he, of weeks. He kind of sharpened it up that much in two weeks. I think mm. maybe New Zealand tours where we'll see Webb. If he can, if he can have a decent end. To the season, then maybe he can sort of look to compete there. But I just think well, this, he, I, I always think, I always think this, anyway, they, yeah. this Six Nations is always going to be a bit too soon because he, he barely played for too long before. Mm. It. Yeah, mm. I think it'll be just 
probably probably be happy to be back involved at all, don't you think? After such yeah. a long time away. Massively so. Yeah, but he's a hugely confident player, isn't he? So he, I think he, he's you know, the sort of player that likes to love, mm. I think. Mm. I, th- I think he'd love it mm. if Pivak went to him, right, you're my number one. Yeah, he would. That's the way you've got to cajole him. Yeah. You know, that's the skill of management, isn't it? You've got to... Uh, yeah, but you uh, can't tell him he's number one if he's not his number one. No, I know, but the skill <laughs> of management, <laughs> isn't it, is you've got to press right <laughs> buttons. Sorry? The skill of management is you've got to press right buttons. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Some people yeah, need to like like master. Some need tech, some need shouting at, you know, it's different, isn't it? Different people need yeah, tech. You know, some people, if they get shouted at, will go into a shell. We talked about, but you talked about age profile, didn't you, mm. in the next World Cup? There's only one man who fits that. That's Thomas Williams, yeah. Alex is waving his arms in here. So now. maybe they should uh, just go maybe they should just persevere with him. He's a great player, isn't he, Thomas Williams? Yeah, he is. He's box kicks, he box kicks better yeah. than Gareth Davis. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I thought it was a bit harsh dropping him out of Dublin. I know he made... It was the boo-boo on his own line, wasn't it? Yeah, for for me yeah. it wasn't. Like people talked like he had a a consistently bad game, but I thought he had a he had an alright game just with yeah yeah an error or two yeah. thrown in there. Yeah, if he got dropped because of that unforced error on his own line from the thing, well, if England were picking by the set on the same criteria, that means Atoji and Farrell would have both been dropped for the Scotland game, England Scotland, because they both had nightmares in Paris. Never seen him play so badly. You know how I many they dropped the ball, both of them, and forced areas loads of times. So they just have one yeah. of those days. Now Williams did not have one of those days against in Dublin. Just that um, you know, a couple of key moments. Just just a couple. Of, well, that drop ball obviously, and he missed the tackle after Tompkins did on yeah. um, on Lamont. Yeah. yeah, I just think I think. Gareth, De- oh, sorry, Wayne Pivak sees Gareth Davis as his number one right now. Yeah, long term, I oh, think. Yeah. long term, I think there's no doubt it's uh, Thomas Williams. But right I, now, I think he thinks it's Gareth Davis. I'm not so sure because he wasn't always his number one at the Scarlets. Howard Davis played well. Howard Davis played well for the Scarlets, didn't he? And uh, was the infant room in a pecking order at times. You know, there was I just spells, thought it was telling it? that you- Thomas Williams started against Italy with Webb on the bench because Gareth Davis mm. wasn't quite fit. Mm. As soon as he was fully fit. Straight back in. I like Webb though. At his peak, he's, he's he was a catalyst for Wales. Good catalyst and good for the Lions machine, as well. Try machine. Hmm. So he's starting. He's starting this weekend, isn't he? It's him. Yeah. Falatau, Priestland. Will Rowlands. When was the last Will time them three played? Eight, nine, ten. That could that's probably. That's a good question. That that could have been. Twenty fourteen Six Nations. Uh, no, I'll tell you when I don't think it is uh. I would say in New Zealand in 2016 Priestland off the bench I said 8, 9, 10 not 8, 9, 22 oh, yeah, that's time. another thing we haven't talked about there's going to be a bit of a nervous I'm sure Pivax going to be a bit nervous watching some of the Gallagher Premiership games this weekend biggest playing yep mm. bigger massively so you Palatau mm. Will Rollins he made an impact off yeah. the bench last week you you seen much of him I haven't seen as much of him as some of the other teams. Obviously, Wasps isn't really a team we cover. You know, I think I've, mm. I think I've done maybe Wasps. No, I don't think I've done a Wasps game this year, off the top of my head. He had a good cameo, didn't he? He did. Yeah, very good. Um, like I think a player might well some missing Coriel. Underrated and underplayer. Be great feet, good vision, skill. That sort of game pivot wants to play, he's suited to it. Seems old before his time in many mm. ways, just because of. It's a shame he struggled, doesn't it? <laughs> in a good way. Mm. 
Mm. He had a great Six Nations, obviously there. It was brought yeah. to an end with that trial, yep. the yeah. injury. And then but that went on key, for ages. Key it? man on the tour, I think you were probably on Argentina and South Africa. He was excellent on that tour. He's, yeah, he's a natural leader, isn't he? He's captain, led teams all think, along. You know, but he's had so much bad luck. When he was a Wales Under-20 captain, he was in the World Cup in South Africa. I don't think he even played a game because he was ill. Yeah. Well, so that 2018 tour of... Well, the first game was in America, wasn't it, against South Africa, and then... The doubles up in Argentina. Argentina. So, Corey Hill and Ellis Jenkins were co-captains, technically, that tour. Yeah. But I think for for someone like Warren Gatlin to name Corey Hill as his captain... Gatlin thinks he's a really good player and leader and running a line Gatlin thinks that's good enough for me. Yeah, I'd argue he could be Wilson's next captain if he could string games together. He obviously got convinced Pivak of his worth. Just can't stay fit, can he? It's a shame. Mm. Yeah, the world it, big big miss at the World Cup. You know, long term. And he's he, played well for the Dragons. Yeah. He played quite well for the Dragons, didn't he? To, yeah. In a, an improving team. Yeah, yeah. Of course, uh, long term, I would suggest perhaps he is a replacement for Alan Wynn as not as in you know, a lot as captain and perhaps Lock, a key man. I always had Ellis Jenkins marked down as well, the Of course, Ellis. But... Unfortunately, yeah, Ellis, we don't know what's going to happen with his future. He's been out so long now. You know, unless we're praying he's going to come back. What a warrior. Great, fantastic rugby player. Uh, you know, winner. He'd be relishing when he play in England at Twickenham because he is a warrior. Um, but, you know, what's his future? He, we don't know. Well, we don't know, do we? Wales... He's, he's the exact sort of player Wales need now at six. Hmm. If they want to play the way they want to play. He'd be perfect, wouldn't he? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a great player. What a, you know, knows the game inside out, intelligent player. What a great leader. It's been ages now, though, isn't it? Just hope no, November, back. was it? November 2017, was it? 2018. 2018 November oh, yeah. series. Yeah. Um, I mean, the last thing Mulville was saying this week before the end of the season. Yeah, he said, yeah. But then we've, we've, said, heard, we've, heard, we've heard so many tentative ago. dates, haven't we? I mean, no. I, if I was, to me, there's no point, no? It, to me, there's no point in coming back till next season. No, if I I'm different enough. I, yeah. I wouldn't want him to come back myself a few weeks before the end of the season and then like, be taken to New Zealand. No, you know, no, what's I, the point in risking oh, him? Oh, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. I don't, think, they, I don't think they'd do that, but I, I would say to him, well, don't even worry about this season. Yeah. Because the Blues, obviously they've lost Navidu ever, but like some of the lads that have come through in the back row have done alright um, Lewis Hughes has gone yeah, well Shane this season yeah. Yeah. I know he's not in Ellis Jenkins' thing but it's not like they've completely what, Sam, Sam Ollie Robinson think... is playing very well this season mm. Sam Warburton thinks he's a future Lions Lewis Hughes yeah he's good interestingly he was a lock wasn't he when Wales um, when that Grand Sam was 2016 20s, yeah. mm. I think on everyone wants him back don't they yeah. but I just I would just I think the are the Blues going to get a Champions Cup rugby probably not nah so why why perhaps not they might finish up they yeah. might do yeah. but that Connacht that Connacht result was disappointing it was, wasn't, wasn't it, it? Mm. anyway we're digressing but like but I just think yeah, give bad. him give him the season what's, what's he got to gain by playing 20 minutes against the Cheetahs in nothing. April nothing at all is it nothing no. he's just saying. risking it to me yeah, yeah. Hey, Alex come here. you said it just now about uh, Coriel the Dragons improving team and all that they made it, you know. They made a raft of coaching appointments. Meffin Davis is going there next season. Dan Barr is going there next season. They've had the impact of Olivia Azam on their scrum and particularly on the Wales prop, uh, Liam Brown. Uh, Liam Brown. Uh, how much promise do you think they've got for the future? I think we gotta be realistic. They're not gonna be. <laughs> they're not gonna be winning the Pro Fourteen anytime soon. But I think. But I think 
you know, I think the steps they've taken this yeah. season have been good. Do you, my, I guess my point here is, do you think they're actually assembling a very high quality coaching team? Yeah, I think they've, got, they've got a quality coach, they've got quality young players. Are they going to keep hold of Ross Moriarty? Yeah, if he doesn't go to England, he'll stay at Dragons. That's the vibe. Well, he can't go to England, can he? No, if he, yeah, so he'd be, he doesn't want to Yeah, assuming no. he wants to, you know, but, assuming he, he doesn't want to give up on Wales. Which you wouldn't have thought so now, especially as he had a big game last weekend. He has another big game against England. I can't see why he'd want to give up. No, not else. me. He loves it. Yeah, well, it's the biggest thing of all, it? Biggest crowds, adulation, yeah. all the rest of it. Why would he want, you know, give that up to go and play? So, I don't know. Even if he were playing for Exeter, which is great, a week in, week out, but giving up international rugby, what's the point? And it's big money for playing for Wales on top. I think I think the Dragons have got an exciting and young squad. I think they, I think they could easily, in a couple of years, be pushing the Blues and the Ospreys if they continued to make the steps they've done. Then they're they're not there yet. No, no, of course not. No. But but look at the, if you look at sort of a rough backbone of their squad of their team, it's all young, Welsh, and quite exciting. Yeah, Elliot D, mm. Corey Hill, if he can stay fit, Moriarty, Moriarty, then around him you got Basham, Wayne Wright, mm-hmm. Ollie yeah. Griffiths, D Hawking, yeah. Sam Davis ten, the outside backs maybe is an it's area Sam, of Sanders. He would I would argue myself is they. I suspect if Nick Tompkins comes to Wales, he might go out go to the Scarlets as him as a successor. Parks and that, but but he'd be he'd be brilliant for the Dragons. What they want, I don't know if he'd get the Dragons. No, I don't because he you know and you could no. you wouldn't blame him because he's coming obviously from Sarsen's top club in uh, in Europe and uh, you think you want to go to perhaps Wales' best team, yeah. the Scarlets. I think he'll end up at the Scarlet. Almost certainly. Hmm. Um, okay, then let's let's end then predictions for next week. Twickenham, what do you think is going to happen? Next week at Twickenham? Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Well, right. I'm going to go... Alex isn't going to be here right. for next week for the podcast, so he might as well... I'll give Alex time to think then. Yeah. Give me, uh, give me a little bit of time. Because I think... That, I don't think Pivot will go for the... Uh, uh, Exciting sort of back division. I want to pick. I uh, I pick myself. I think he'll stick with the tried and uh, uh, you know the tried the, the the older back division if you like. And also, I think that uh, will actually limit Wales' chances of scoring points at Twickenham. They might defend better, but they're scoring points. So <laughs> I got a nasty feeling about this game now. I'm afraid, and I think that um, that England, um, you know, England could win this match like thirty points to ten, something like that. Is it quite as bad as that for, for you? No, I wasn't going to go quite as bad as that. I think England will win. I was going to go for about eight to ten. I think Eddie Jones Lamb wound up as well. England. I think he'll love to rub it into Wales this time. He'll love it, won't he? Hmm. He's been you know, quiet, isn't he? I'm looking forward to you coming up next week, Alex. I'm going up next Thursday to uh, have a bit of sparring with our old mate Eddie. Oh, God, all the best. Uh, hey, he's a great bloke. He's mad as a box of frogs. I know, but he's good fun, and he's always well, good value. The thing with England as well is obviously they're still in the race, aren't they? Yeah, yes. we don't we don't know what's going to happen with some of these other games I, with the coronavirus. And, 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 yeah. yeah, and do you know what? He'll want a lot of points in this game because for two reasons they failed to get a um, bonus point in uh, last match. Yeah, and they um, also by conceding that late try to Ireland, they cut their points difference as well. So despite him saying we could have declared at half time, really that's just camouflage. That's typical Eddie. He he would have been spitting feathers that they didn't get a bonus point that much because they should have gone easily. Yeah. And that could come back to cost them in a title race against the French. 
That's why they'll be bang up for it, though, isn't it? They need yeah. a bonus. Basically, they need a bonus point victory over Wales and to improve their points difference. So it could be, unless Wales really front up, it could be a difficult day at the office. I think they will front up. I can't see them getting thrashed by 20-odd points. But I reckon about eight. There we go, then.